Our gospel reading on this fourth Sunday after Pentecost is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. And again, I encourage you to read the entire chapter as part of your spiritual discipline this afternoon. I know it's hard sometimes with everything on to make time to read your Bible. And I know that the Bible can be hard to interpret. Here at St. John's, um, we offer a year-long Bible study called Route 66. Right now, we're in the midst of some other book studies on anti-racism, but know that these resources are available because our script we are because it grounds us, means us that we don't pick from Scripture. Jesus really taught us over and over again be Christians, what it means to live in the light of Christ, and what it means to be the best human beings we can be, no matter the circumstances. So our gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. I hope at home you have it queued up on your phones or you have it in your Bibles. We don't have We've removed everything uh, the virus, so um, our folks here are looking it up on their phone, or they'll be listening very intently. These are the words of Jesus. Teaching the disciples before they went out into the communities, and he said, Whoever welcomes you, meaning the disciples, welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me, meaning God. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. Here ends the reading what the Spirit is saying to the church. Um, I know that for those of you at home, this worship experience is different. It's different for us. But you know what? We are starting to get used to it. We are starting to settle in to what is going to be a marathon of adjustment. And we're learning that it's okay. And we're learning that we can live the tenets of our faith in a way that maybe we didn't anticipate in a way that challenges us, in a way that brings us right to our growing edges and beyond, and that's not a bad thing. Can I get an amen before we even start today's service? That maybe what's happening is that we are being challenged to grow in our faith and grow in our relationships to each other and to the world in a way that we never anticipated and maybe never could, but in a way that is exactly what we need to do. So let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning to those in the sanctuary. Good morning to those of you online. Welcome to St. John's as we bring Pride Month to a close. 
and look towards Independence Day next Saturday, the 4th of July, when we will celebrate our freedom as Americans, our freedom from the tyranny of petty military tyrants, our freedom from oligarchs who confuse greed with good, our freedom from a hierarchical monarchy where one's bloodline matters more than one's merit. But wait a minute. That's actually my sermon joke for today. Do you get it? Right? Think about it. Think about what I just said. Military tyrants, oligarchs who confuse greed with good, and a hierarchical monarchy about bloodlines that matter more than merit. We were supposed to have been a meritocracy here in America, right? We were supposed to have been a meritocracy. So that is my sermon joke for today and my prophetic advocacy all in one sitting here 244 years after the Declaration of America's Independence was signed in the year 1776. And we have to wonder, how free are we really? Are we really free to choose welcome these days as Jesus encouraged us to do? And I don't just mean the pandemic and masks, but that's going to be a sermon. You know, this week, Trump is actually golfing, so I actually get to do the sermon I have planned to do, <laughs> and I don't have to revise everything on a Saturday and a Sunday because of everything that's happening in Washington. But that's our question, is are we free to choose welcome these days, as Jesus encouraged us to do? I was really impressed uh, this morning when I saw my colleague, Reverend Courtney Clayton Jenkins, and um, she was talking about how we've reached the six-month mark, the halfway point in ministry in the year 2020. And she said, you know, doing six months of ministry for those of us in, in pastoral roles has been like six years of ministry because of everything that's happened. And that's not a bad thing. It's actually not a bad thing. But she was talking about all that her congregation has learned and all that, that she has learned in the midst of all of that. And I think of all that we're learning because we love this space, we love this building, but we learned right off the bat that our church is not the building. Can I get an amen? We learned that God was sending us out into the world to be witnesses for a different way of living and a different way of life. Can I get an amen? So today, we actually get to dig deeply into the message that was intended for this Sunday, which is about choosing welcome, because... It, Welcome is a verb. Don't ever, it's not just a welcome mat. It's not just a fun saying. It is a verb. It is an action. It is a choice. And that is what today's message is about. And when we think about choosing welcome, we have to think about what that really means. Especially in the midst of Pride Month, especially in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement, in the midst of this pandemic that has fundamentally upended our lives and our world really is, unfortunately, as troubled as ever. Because think about it. Now, I know some of you, you are counting how many times I say pandemic in a sermon, and that's all right. And then you compare notes at the end. So keep a tally, because we are still in the midst of this pandemic that now has the states of Florida and Texas reversing their reopening plans as anti-mask-wearing sentiment by too many people who are upset about these things 
They're following Trump's example. It's resulted in record high COVID-19 infection rates. Let us know online. Raise your hand in the sanctuary if you've heard this news. That all of a sudden, states that thought they were in the clear and they could just do what the president told them to do and they could go to the beaches and go to the bars and not wear their masks, all of a sudden, you're hearing stories about 18 people sick in a family because they decided that a 30-year-old's surprise birthday party was more important than keeping grandma and grandpa safe and now grandma and grandpa are in the ICU. And I don't say that as an I told you so. I say that as a, as a word of warning that we have to be careful. We have to wear our masks. But that doesn't mean we can't choose welcome. We are learning that there are ways for us to welcome safely in the midst of this pandemic, that we can do this in a way that we were shown thousands of years ago. But we are in the midst of a world that is as troubled as ever, where this pandemic is not predictable. Can I get another amen? Too many folks right now want this pandemic to be predictable so that they can feel safe and make plans and return to normal. But normal is gone, and that's not a bad thing. That's another thing I want to say. I think we have the opportunity to recreate our world. We have the opportunity to recreate our church. We have the opportunity to recreate our communities. You know, our world is as troubled as ever, but it's an opportunity. You know, protests continue in our towns and our cities everywhere, even across the pond over in Europe and in Asia. The Black Lives Matter movement, which was ignited by the deaths of George Floyd and others, but really had been simmering for quite some time, has finally, finally broken through the consciousness of hopefully just about everybody, because it's about time. But in the midst of all of this, rather than demonstrating real national and unifying leadership on these issues, our president, who is golfing right now, was also walking his border wall to stoke the fear of refugees and immigrants as a solution, the fear of people who are other, further closing our borders to families who are fleeing with children by executive order. While the courts nevertheless have ordered detention centers to go ahead and release undocumented children on humanitarian grounds due to the pandemic. Did you hear that news? That the courts finally intervened and said, you know, you just can't keep these children and subject them to this virus. And now the latest thing is, because I feel like every Sunday my list grows of the things I have to mention in the sermon to make it relevant, to make this passage relevant to you so that you know that that our faith is meant to be relevant. And this week in the news, we learned that even in our very own community, our older members and our differently abled members, those who have children with special medical needs must now worry about whether the proposed cuts to the Affordable Care Act medical funding will cut their lives short, literally, because they can't get the medical care that they're going to need. And all this is happening while the rich and powerful keep themselves healthy and insured and quarantined on their private estates with plenty of resources and golf courses. Now, I'm not against golf. Don't get me wrong. Not against golf. But I'm just saying that right now some people are in a life and death struggle while others are comfortably numb. Let me know if you know where that song's from. 
Well, let me return to our sermon theme. Our spiritual task today is to discern the answer to this question. Are we truly free as Christians to choose welcome in such a troubled and contagious world? What do you think? Are we truly free as Christians to choose welcome in such a troubled and contagious world? Because make no mistake, true welcome does not happen by accident. It is a choice. It is a conscious decision, and it's gotten all the more difficult in the current public health climate. You know, I I like to share this sign. I didn't have one about the masks, so I went back to one I have about um, a church, and then someone put up there, no refugees welcome. Because what this is, is it is an example of a no trespassing sign. Right? I, I would really say this is just an example of a no trespassing sign. It's a, a, it's a sign that's meant to keep outsiders away. And if you think that's an anomaly, it is not. In fact, in too many of our churches in America and too many of our towns and too many of our neighborhoods have essentially put up no trespassing signs when it comes to whether it's new Americans, immigrants and refugees, when it comes to people who have more pigment in their skin than maybe they do, communities have put up no trespassing signs, and you can't always see them, but they're there. And too many of our local churches and businesses have also put up no trespassing signs. When it comes to our homeless neighbors who continue to seek shelter because the shelters are full or there's no overflow housing right now and their needs are not being met, Just ask the open shelter that has remained open during the pandemic with precautions. They continue to see hundreds of people every day here in the back of our church. They go up with precautions to receive services because they've fallen through our social safety net. I bring that to your attention because I don't want you to be comfortably numb. I want you to know what's happening in the streets while we're all sheltering at home. And then... As we continue to bring Pride Month to a close, I have to mention that too many of our local churches still, I was just on a panel this week with uh, Equality Ohio, and it just breaks my heart how many local churches and faith communities still, and even businesses, have put up essentially no trespassing signs, whether you can see them or not, when it comes to our LGBTQIA plus folks who end up landing at the Greyhound bus station down the street down there when they finally free from the pray the gay away abuse that they've observed in their homophobic communities. Did you know that every week we have young gay kids who land at that bus station down at Greyhound? Greyhound's still running. And sometimes if the kids are still running, that's how they get away. You know, like this real life sign, think about that. That was on a church sign. I'm going to call that church out. I'm sorry, but if you put that on your church sign, we are going to call you out. Do you get what that sign says? Two men are friends and not spouses in Pride Month. That's a no trespassing sign right there. That lets you know that if you're gay, you are not welcome in that church. No matter what Jesus said, if you welcome This whole passage today from Matthew chapter 10, verses 
40 through 42 is all about welcome, but that church says, you're welcome, but. How many of you have had that experience? Where someone says, you're welcome, but. The magic word, but. Hank's back there raising his hand. Wave your hand, Hank, because I know that's why we're talking about this during Pride Month. That is a no trespassing sign on a church that says you are welcome, but. But the but really means you're not welcome. Well, I just want to say, during this Pride Month, as our church is decorated for pride and we put our pride flags out in our homes and we're learning how to do pride in new ways to include everyone, people who've not been included before or haven't felt included in this whole process, I want to say thank goodness for our gay couples here at St. John's, especially our married gay couples who are celebrating that June 26th anniversary of the marriage equality ruling. Can I get some celebration and raised hands that... Um, we still want to celebrate marriage equality and that anniversary on June 26th. Can you all give a shout out online to our legally married gay couples? I'm thinking of Jeff and Dwayne, who just adopted Avery. We've talked about that. Hi, guys. Hi, little Avery. She hears my voice. They told me this. I can't wait to see it. They told me this, that when she watches, that she doesn't really watch. She's just a baby, right? But when she hears the pastor's voice, she raises her hands. I just can't wait to baptize that child. But I also think of Eric and Tim. I had the privilege of doing their wedding. I think of uh, Tammy and Laura. Tammy's here today. Yay, Tammy. I think of Angel and Brittany who will be getting married. I mean, it takes a lot of faith and courage to say we want to get married. I think of Ed and David who are here with us today. So hi, guys, who are helping us figure out how to slowly, safely, carefully reopen our sanctuary one one step at a time to figure out how to live through this pandemic. I think of Karen and Marsha. They have shared such a remarkable story. A lot of the members of our church went to their legal wedding recently, wedding here in the church and the reception. Women who were together for a long, long, long time and went through a lot to stay together and be together and to grow in their love and um, had to wait till a certain point in life where it was safe for them to get married. We love you, Karen and Marsha. Love to Karen and Marsha. Takes a lot of courage to do what they did. I think of Amy and Rita. I did, I think, can't remember if I did the commitment ceremony, but then we did the legal wedding. Again, another couple who've been together for a long, long time and lived through a lot to be able to stay together and to be together. Can we give some love to Amy and Rita? Ask them about their story. Ask them about what they went through. Ask some of these gay couples who've been together for a long time what they went through compared to today, compared to decades ago. You'll be astonished at their stories. I'm thinking of Aaron and Tanya who are married. Love to Aaron and Tanya. They um, had a great picture that we shared in our e-newsletter of their dog, their puppy, Georgia. And she's got a little pride scarf on that says, I love my two moms. I want more of that. I want more of that. So who am I missing? Tell me online. Who have I missed? I always miss people. Who am I missing? Sharing online. Let's make sure we celebrate our gay and trans and whatever couples here at St. John's during Pride Month. And I appreciate our guest here who's got a pride fan. That's fantastic. Thank you. 
We have a guest today who has a pride fan. I think we should just do pride all year long. But, yeah, I've got some pictures up there. But here at St. John's, we celebrate our couples. And we make sure that if there are any no trespassing signs out there, that we, that we just pull them down. It's not a welcome but, it's a welcome and. Welcome and. May all of us begin to change our language and our attitude and our choices. So it's not welcome but, it's welcome and. But anyway... The no trespassing signs that I've been talking about reminds me of the message that we heard from national recording artist Trey Pearson when he was here a couple of years ago and he did a presentation here in the sanctuary during Pride Month about his struggle to reconcile being both gay and Christian in America. Do you all remember that? Let us know online. If you're new, you may not know about Trey. Google him. Articles have been written about his journey. But being gay and Christian remains a struggle. This part of the panel that I was on in Equality Ohio is looking at how, if you're part of the LGBTQIA plus community, how do you live as a person of faith or reclaim your faith when there are people who told you horrific things, which I'm not going to repeat because it's toxic theology, but toxic theology was used to separate you from God rather than bring you closer to God. But Trey did a a wonderful presentation about being both gay and Christian. But he also talked about how once he came out publicly, he wasn't welcomed anymore in the conservative evangelical faith community he he had grown up in. He was actually rejected for being born that way. He said, I'm born this way. He was actually rejected for being born that way. So sometimes when I talk about this no trespassing sign, it really is a theological perspective. It is inculcated by some faith traditions at a very early age. Look up that word. That's your vocab word for the day, inculcate. It's inculcated by some faith traditions at a very early age. A no trespassing perspective that fundamentally misunderstands Jesus' teachings about welcome. Well. Do any of you who were here that day remember Trey's story about seeing his English teacher here at St. John's, his beloved Mrs. Stoffer? Do any of you remember that, who were here that day? This is the woman, Mrs. Stoffer, who's on my right in this picture with the glasses on, Mrs. Stoffer. This is the woman who years ago helped Trey as a young gay boy in her AP English class by planting seeds of faith that helped that boy eventually overcome his fear-based religious upbringing. And the boy grew up and freed from that oppressive theology. He began to live his life in a new and free way so that he could proudly proclaim, I was born this way, and then sing Love is Love, his new single, and he sang that during the Pride Parade a couple years ago on our truck, and then last year as well. And he sang that all the way to a new career in music as an out gay Christian singer. Now, I wish that weren't such a rarity. It shouldn't be, but it is. He's an out gay Christian singer. But being gay and Christian is no longer a barrier for Trey. And the surprise for many of our church folks, especially if they volunteer for the largest table on Wednesdays, 
and serve in our meal program. They thought that the quiet and now retired Mrs. Stauffer just brought the table decorations every week for the largest table before the pandemic hit. She's very quiet. She served in a quiet way. She puts out all the table decorations. But I wanted you to know that there is more to Mrs. Stauffer than meets the eye. That she welcomed Trey in the most important way possible for who he truly was. And it made all the difference in his life. That is how God works. We thought Mrs. Stauffer was just here to be a kindly church lady and decorate the tables on Wednesdays. We had no idea that when Trey came to give his presentation, that one of the most important parts of that day was when he saw his beloved AP English teacher who helped him find a new way forward to live as he truly was. Well, this was an important lesson for us to learn as a church. And we have learned it over and over again that true welcome is a choice. It is a conscious choice. Each of us has an opportunity every day to welcome, and it can make a lasting difference in someone's life. And our job, I have to lift up our church. If you are new to us, our church does a great job of welcoming people, even if right now it's only online during Facebook Live. Can those of you who are church members welcome everybody who's new today online? Give them some love online. Let them know that they're welcome. And welcome to our guest who is here today. I look forward to meeting you. So I welcome Lynetta brought a guest today through our RSVP system. So we do a great job welcoming people. And I can't wait to figure out how to keep doing it during this pandemic. Because we choose welcome, as Jesus commanded us to do in his name. And as Christians, our faith demands this choice. Our faith depends upon this choice in a world that is still filled with disease and war and violence and fear and hate. Even in this middle of summer, we are reminded that today's scripture, that Jesus was telling us something that was part of his experience too. Because remember, no one put out a welcome mat for Jesus when it was time for him to be born in Bethlehem to an unwed mother. Do you remember that? No one put out a welcome mat for him. Do you remember what happened? Now, I know I'm taking you back to Christmas time, but what happened? What happened when they went to the inn? Tell me online. Shout it out. What was the phrase? Do you remember what happened at the inn? Who can tell me? There was no room at the inn, right? No room at the inn. And perhaps that sorry, no room available thing only applied to unwed pregnant women at that time. Well, again, another kind of no trespassing sign, right? Is like, you're welcome, but you're welcome only if. Or perhaps what they were telling the unwed pregnant woman and her companion was there's no room for, your, for you, meaning your kind. Maybe that was used to mask the Bethlehem innkeeper's xenophobia or ethnic prejudice or fear and hate against people from a different clan, people from a different part of the ancient Near East world. And how often do we still have that problem, right? We still have that problem. Today we live in a complex world, and you will see political signs. We've seen them at the Black Lives Matters rally that protest against 
people who don't look like us or speak like us. We see people, I think Black Lives Matter is a fantastic movement, and, but I'm so surprised to see people show up with automatic rifles and protest against that and not let people speak their truth. Well, here at St. John's, all are welcome, no exceptions. And you can see in these protests this tension between the no trespassing, meaning all are welcome but, and all are welcome and. And we are an all are welcome and church. So Jesus tells us through these scriptures, because this is a struggle sometimes. He said, whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, meaning God. Whoever welcomes Jesus welcomes God. And whoever welcomes Jesus' disciples, then and now, welcomes Jesus, and thus God as well. But before we get too ontologically complicated on this Sunday, another good vocab word, ontological, another good assignment for today for our online folks, but before we get too ontologically complicated on this Sunday, the point is this, right there. No matter who you are or where you are in life's journey, you are welcome here. Jesus taught us that welcome is a verb, a conscious choice. We have to welcome. It's a verb. It's an action. Jesus also taught us that true welcomes means showing up. Just means showing up. And right now, that means online if necessary. So props to everybody right now who showed up on a Sunday morning online or who went through our RSVP system and showed up in the sanctuary. Because sometimes welcome means showing up and not opting out when things get tough at church, like trying to figure out how to do church in the middle of a plague. That's tough. So props to everybody right now who is just trying to show up. That's welcome. Authentic welcome means learning more about our faith community and learning more about the new people who want to hear the gospel, maybe for the first time or again, perhaps over an online conversation or a phone call just to get started right now in the middle of this plague. But to welcome, and I want to concentrate on welcome as a verb for a little bit more, to welcome also means to build people up rather than belittle them. It means to compliment someone rather than criticize them. It means to encourage a tenant rather than to evict them when things get tough. It means to love rather than to label. To welcome means to question rather than to quarrel. To welcome means to support rather than slander. And to welcome means to use tough love when necessary, to be tough rather than letting toxicity hurt others in the community. And I could go through the entire alphabet that way. I challenge you online to think about that today. What does to welcome mean? If you're going to set up those contrasts to build rather than to belittle, to compliment rather than criticize, to encourage rather than evict, to love rather than label, and to question rather than quarrel, to support rather than slander, and to use tough love rather than toxicity. Let me know some more that you can think of where you can put that contrast in the alphabet, and I'll add it. But I have one more point to make today. I like to make this one at least once a year. Props to Kent Beidel for teaching it to us. Because we proclaim all are welcome here at St. John's, but that doesn't mean anything goes. Can I get an amen? 
Raise your hand if you are familiar. Let me know online if you've heard me say that. I say it a lot. All are welcome, but not anything goes. A healthy, welcoming church like St. John's chooses to embody appropriate boundaries, chooses to change our practices to comply with the best public health policies right now, chooses to implement best practices in all of our affairs, chooses transparency and accountability in our church life, rules that apply to everyone. And Kent puts it this way. He's the executive director of the open shelter here at St. John's. He said, when choosing to welcome all, we remind people as they enter the community that, of course, everyone has rights. But he talks about it this way. And I'm going to ask you to think about this in terms of the current mask controversy, because I'm not going to tell you what to do with these masks. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do here at a church. But I'm going to ask you to think about the metaphor that Kent uses. It's actually from Oliver Wendell Holmes. And I'd love to know online how you think we can use that and apply that to masks. But Kent says, when choosing to welcome all, we remind people as they enter the community that, of course, everyone has rights. But Kent said, your right to swing your fist ends at the end of my nose. Do you get that? Your right to swing your fist ends at the end of my nose because then you're talking about my rights. And that's both literal and it's metaphorical. And it would be interesting, and I'm going to leave that to you all as your assignment. How do you think that applies to these masks? Because I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to let you wrestle with that. How does Kent's saying apply to these masks? And here at St. John's, choosing welcome right now means that we mandate masks at church. We mandate them. Unless we are at a distance performing in our worship role, everyone's got to have a mask on. Everyone in the sanctuary space has a mask on. Everyone coming in or out of the church has to have a mask on. They have to have an appointment, and we're not open to the public right now. Because we want to keep our most vulnerable community members safe, and the science is undeniable that masks can make a life or death difference. Life or death. And are these things inconvenient? Sure, they're inconvenient. I like to wear lipstick. I got so many masks with lipstick on the inside of them because I forgot that y'all can't, you're not going to see the lipstick because it's all going to be on the inside of my mask. They're inconvenient. But it's a small price to pay to keep the rest of us safe and alive. The moral equation could not be more clear. I'm so surprised that masks have become a flashpoint in our society because the moral equation could not be more clear. These sorts of things are essential elements for a welcoming church practice, especially as we seek to create a safe church community for everyone, most especially our most vulnerable, our children, the differently abled, the older, the desperate, and the desperately broken. Folks who may be swinging their fists wildly without regard for others as they work to heal and to learn healthy welcome and respect for themselves and for others. So another pastor helped me understand choosing welcome in this way. We tend to believe that welcome has to do with things like morning coffee and donuts and lots of potlucks and being a good neighbor. 
But when Jesus talks about choosing welcome, he set his sights on something very different. He set his sights on things like migrants and masks as our churches call for a halt to deportations during the pandemic. How cruel. These are refugees, and they're wearing masks. How cruel to deport people right now in the midst of a pandemic. But Jesus is talking, when he talks about choosing welcome, about having a disposition, an attitude of openness, which asks us how to serve and embrace others, maybe most especially during times of great fear and challenge. When Jesus, because really, if you think about it, welcome right now is really hard to figure out. But we don't get, we, we can't live in the privilege of being comfortably numb and ignoring the challenge of what that means right now. When Jesus talks about welcome, he's not concerned with who's earned it or whose church it is. Jesus blows open the wide majestic doors of this church and invites everyone in, at least when there's not a pandemic. But that's a metaphor. He invites everyone in, especially the ones who are on the outside of polite society, the ones with their noses pressed up against the glass looking in, wishing someone would just ask them to come in. And right now that's happening online. Some of you are watching on the edges of this church community. It's almost like you have your face pressed up against the glass of the church and you're wondering if we will let you in. And the answer is yes. Jesus says, let everyone into the life and practices of the church community. Jesus says to us church people, look everyone in the eyes, because by the way, with our masks, that's what we can see right now, right? Our people's eyes, the window to the soul. Look in the eyes, embrace people in love, and say you're truly welcome here, even if from a digital distance during this time of pandemic. You are truly welcome here, no exceptions. So I want to practice this for a little bit today. I know that people here are in masks. I know online this might be a little challenge, but just try it out. How can you say welcome to whoever is in the sanctuary right now, whoever is online? Because I'm not going to tell you how to do all this. I want to challenge you to figure it out. Just take a minute. How do you say you are welcome here? Can you say it loudly enough in your mask to let our guests know that she's welcome today? We have a guest today. Welcome. I'll give you a hint, everybody. <laughs> welcome. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for being with us. We look forward to getting to know you better. Welcome to everyone who is here today, who's either serving or observing or helping us move forward. Welcome to all of you online who are taking up your time and your energy to be with us on a Sunday morning and to be here live, to be tuning in and to be part of this experience as we live it together. Welcome. Can you all say welcome to each other online? I know there's a little bit of a time lag, but welcome everyone online. Welcome the people you know and welcome the people that are new. Just take a minute and welcome people just like we would do if we were all in the sanctuary together and we were having our coffee hour and getting to know each other. We're continuing to learn here at St. John's what it means to be a welcoming church, even in the midst of a pandemic. But for 149 years now, and I'm going to want that to sink in, for 149 years, 
we have chosen welcome over rejection, love over hate, faith over fear, because love wins. And we choose welcome no matter what, no exceptions. Thanks be to God. Welcome. Let us pray. Welcoming God, you sent your son Jesus to model authentic and healthy welcome for us. Help us to follow his example as we seek to open our theological doors wide online right now to a new generation of neighbors seeking to know more about you and seeking to experience life in a community of the faithful, even if from a distance right now. Sovereign God, as the holiday weekend approaches to celebrate American freedom, help us to remember that freedom carries a price. May we never forget the many who have sacrificed, most especially your son, to show us that choosing welcome in faith, hope, and love is the answer for our broken world. In Jesus' name, amen. Embraced and enfolded into the family of God in gratitude, let us respond generously with our time, talent, and finances to our church's resources. May what we offer be shared with the whole family of God. And I have to tell you, last week, I I still write checks. I know a lot of you donate online electronically, and we really, really appreciate that. I still write checks because I'm here. And last week, I forgot my check. So this week, I'm putting two in. Because I know that our costs and our expenses continue, whether I remember my check or not. So please remember that we need your help to keep this ministry going. We need your help to keep offering vibrant worship. We need your help to keep welcoming people into the love of Christ. We need your help to continue serving our homeless and marginally housed neighbors and retrofitting our largest table program to continue to meet the needs of those who are struggling on the streets. We need your help to financially support this magnificent institution so that we can house organizations like the Open Shelter that provide daily services to the homeless. We can't do it without you. So, welcome. We hope that you'll join us. We're so, so grateful you're here.